0: Hello, kratom kickers this is episode four and i'm charlie today we talked to jess she's the founder of quittingkratom.org, which hosts two online meetings a week and a whatsapp chat group jess's story shows extraordinary resilience and is something many of us can relate to as she re- relapsed right before reaching a year clean but came back stronger and continues to help many of us struggling with kratom personally i am celebrating 60 days kratom free Just several months ago, I was struggling with a $100 a day habit that I couldn't stop, hooked on the OPMS black shots. Before I was able to quit, since Thanksgiving last year, I had three failed quits of five to seven days only to use again, and too many day ones to count. It was hard, but it is possible to get off the green sludge, and it is much better on the other side. So if you're thinking about quitting, I hope you can find some inspiration here. If you are tapering, stay the course, And keep reducing those doses as you planned. For those of you in an early cold turkey phase, the first week is usually the hardest. You'll find it easier to sleep and relax soon. Thank you. We got our first reviews for the podcast. P. Pam wrote in part, quote, important content specifically for kratom addiction, unquote. Blue 8's review says in part, quote, listening to other podcasts about alcoholism, looking for this exact content. Hope there's more to come. Unquote. Really appreciate those remarks, and with the five-star reviews, we are now the top-rated Creative Abstinence podcast. It really helps to be the only pod in that category. Also received some negative fan mail as well. One gentleman comments, I'm so proud you've been set free from a vegetable. Another person states, you are probably trying to go sober from drinking water, too. Now listen, the internet is full of trolls, and it is best not to feed them. But here's the reality, despite all the protests from the pro-Kratom community. Kratom is a drug. No, it is not on par with heroin or opiates, but is many magnitudes more mind-altering than coffee. Many people, not all, feel a strong high or euphoria from it. Many people develop a stark tolerance and dependence and feel major withdrawals from it once they stop or decrease their use. The Kratom industry insists that Kratom is not addictive. I call this kratom addiction denialism. They claim any problematic kratom use is either people who are already addicts. This was not the case with Elliot in week two, or only those using extract products. This was not the case with Logan in week three. While it is true that a high percentage of addicts are polysubstance abusers, handing the kratom is not addictive canard on that has significant logical fallacies. It's like saying cocaine is not addictive because the person was a meth user. Or heroin is not addictive because the person has an untreated addiction to prescription opiates. Or beer is not addictive because the person was hooked on wine first. So saying Kratom is not addictive because the person was also addicted to X substance doesn't add up. Many of us are sick of being gaslit by being told that the substance is not addictive when that is clearly not the case. Now for the interview this week. Hello, everybody. This week we have Jess. My first interaction with Jess was after a period where I was searching the internet for help and, and the only resource I thought at the time, which is a great resource is the quitting Kratom subreddit. But it, it just wasn't enough. And I was doing some other things. I was listening to the general recovery podcast. I was going to AA meetings, but I couldn't stop taking Kratom. You know, I looked up locally for like a substance abuse group and I was like on this waiting list with this therapist. I was going to have like this men's group on Wednesdays and it never came to fruition. And then like about two weeks in um, my quit, I finally found quitting and that they had zoom meetings. It just was great to have a place where you could talk specifically about Kratom. So, um, so that's a long winded introduction to Jess.
1: Hi, Charlie. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm Jess. And so, um, in June I'll have June 8th, I'll have 15 months. Um, off of Kratom. Well, I definitely had some substance abuse issues, but with, yeah, with, with alcohol, you know, I, I, I definitely fell into things a little, um, heavier as I started to grow into my like mid late twenties. Um, it was definitely progressive. I didn't know anything about Kratom yet. um, I had dabbled with hard opioids uh in my like mid late 20s, 25, 26. Um and with with kratom um I was the the first time I ever took it, I didn't even know what it was called. Um it was we, we were looking for for hard opioids um mm-hmm. whether that was Percocet or, you know, heroin. Um, but we couldn't find any. And the only thing that my ex's friend had was this green powder in a bag and said that it would, it would feel like, you know, the, the opioids that we were seeking and yeah. So, so my pre Kratom self was definitely, you know, like not super happy, um, kind of like trying to figure out you know, how to navigate life with, with an ex that was also an addict. And, um, and when we discovered Kratom, um, it definitely seemed to like make things a little better, which I've heard from so many people, you know, it just seems like it helps everything, you know, like makes you more socially, um, active and once you know, your confidence kind of goes up you you feel these like spurts of motivation with kratom that are i realized as time went on were extremely short lived and um but but when you first start taking kratom you don't realize how short lived all you know all this is it yeah. it really feels like it's enhancing life and um and when i was first using kratom i was definitely feeling pretty depressed and like knew that my relationship was coming to an end so right off the bat i was using kratom as a crutch and deep down knew it couldn't be that good for you if you know if i had found it instead of these like hard opioids that i was seeing i was living in new york city at this time and once me and my ex discovered that you could buy kratom and smoke shops you know that was all i really needed i didn't fall super hard into hard drugs prior to this because i really loathed buying drugs um illegally i yeah. hated dealing with drug dealers and just the feeling i had like throughout the whole time of like seeking out drugs and trying to get them and I hated it. You know, I really think it saved me from like ever having a needle in my arm. But then I discovered Kratom and that was like a free for all. Like, oh, my God, I could walk two blocks in any direction and buy this stuff and nobody's going to ask me anything. And it's marketed as like this, you know, coffee, coffee um, relative. And it's it's super harmless and it's safe and non-addictive um you know it seems like a win-win-win all around but like i said because of the context of how i first discovered kratom i think deep down somewhere i knew it wasn't what they were saying i discovered we discovered the extracts almost immediately and um and it was the opms extracts. so those are the ones i started off with right off the bat and to start I was doing at least like two a day when I first started. For the first six months or so, it was like two a day, maybe one once in a while, but mostly two. Got off the extracts and and switched to the powder when it just was starting to be really expensive for the extracts. The powder is definitely a lot, lot cheaper and those extracts were costing me a lot of money. I will say there's powder out there that is so powerful and just as effective as extracts. I've had it before. It's had me on my knees and I was sick for like a week because of how strong this powder was. That was like authentic powder from directly from Bali. And and it didn't feel like it was even uh tampered with, like as far as being um, you know, cut with anything. It yeah. it really felt just like really strong pure kratom which had me like nodding out the same way that you know heroin had in the past or morphine
0: yeah i i i was with the same brand and with the extracts and i can relate also it might have been my past life as an eagle scout i I like the legal part of the kratom because and i don't have any street smarts either uh how long did you use Kratom before you started saying, wow, this isn't working?
1: Um, I have the timeline all pretty much written out. It just okay. depends. like, <laughs> just depends. Roughly. Yeah. Um, six months. I want to say six months in. That's when I realized that the extracts were expensive. I still didn't think I had any type of an issue with Kratom. Um, a year into my use, I was really like, okay, I want to like cut back off of this stuff. Um, I think that's when I first had like the initial thought of like, I want to like kind of, you know, cut back from this, but didn't like do anything about it. Um, and a year and a half in was when I really started to tell myself like, okay, I need to stop this. It's like not good for me. Um, and I told myself every day was going to be my last day for the next year. So I didn't actually, I, I was on Kratom for two and a half years. And the last year of that two and a half years um, was just me uh, destroying any any sense of self-esteem or self-confidence or anything that I had. Um, because, you know, when you tell yourself you're going to do something every single day and and i really meant it i didn't just say it you know to like say it like i would make these grand plans for myself and just really really you know feel like i was committing and and i would do this every single day i mean day in and day out for months and months and months um and uh yeah i was it was just you know even thinking back to the vicious cycle that that was. Um, I'm just so grateful to like never have to live through that again, you know, as long as I don't pick up Kratom.
0: Yeah, I, I did the same thing to myself. It was a little bit shorter period, but like I would just buy enough for one day and because that was going to be the last day and it, it it is really eroding of self-esteem in any self-respect you know Um, did you start facing consequences because of your kratom use
1: oh yeah definitely um i mean i spent all my money on kratom i really didn't have money for anything else um in that and those so i relapsed i was on kratom for two and a half years and i was able to stop successfully quit for 11 months um so during that first run of two and a half years i spent about a hundred maybe like ninety thousand dollars on kratom And, uh, and really didn't have like that kind of money to be spending on it. Like not a trust fund baby. And I, you know, didn't, didn't just have like extra money to, to spend like that, that, that was all my money. Um, and it came before everything. I mean, if I, if I only had enough money for Kratom or food, like I would buy Kratom before I would buy food. So so yeah, there was a lot of negative side effects. Um, definitely many that I didn't really recognize until like the very end, you know. Like I didn't yeah. put two and two together that like Kratom was causing all these things to be going on with me. Um, but definitely like relapsing and going back, falling back into it. Um, I was extremely aware of how sick freedom actually made me feel and how short lived the high that I was chasing last.
0: Can you tell us more about what happened at the 11 months? I mean, personally, I'm just at 60 days and but I'm petrified of relapsing. Um, and just what what was the process? What happened um, to get that much time? And then um, and, and, and relapse is common in addiction. So it's not something to beat us up, but something to learn from
1: yeah definitely i've definitely learned so much from my relapses um i was doing so well um 11 months into that first quit i was in a really good place in all areas of my life like financially and my relationship um with my job, with friendships, I was running the the Kratom group, which was really thriving at that time, just like so many people were joining the meetings every week and um I was essentially the leader of that group, and things were just going really well um i nothing nothing triggered me other than the thought of like it, everything is so nice, like what would make it nicer? How nice would it be to feel high right now? I really, truly believed that. I was going to be in control of it that I knew now I knew enough about Kratom and I didn't act on the thought right away. Um, I was home. Uh, my girlfriend was at work and the house was sparkling clean. I mean, it couldn't be more like in order.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, and I had that thought, you know, like, oh, how, how nice would it be to, like, just be high on the couch by myself right now? And I didn't tell anybody. I didn't go buy Kratom that day. Um, I I bought Kratom four days later. And by by that time, everything that kept me from buying it the three days leading up to that fourth day was, like, getting quieter and quieter, right? Like, all the reasonings as to, like, why why it would be so crazy for me to do that. And I guarantee you, Charlie, I 1000% guarantee you that if I had just reached out to my community and to my close friends who were in Kratom recovery, and if I had told my girlfriend, if I had just reached out to people, even just one or two people, I'm, I'm almost positive I would have made it to a year. Maybe I would have relapsed after the year. I don't know. But I think for sure I would have made it to the year because- It was just, it just got so quiet in my mind, you know, like the, like you almost have a year and what about the group? Like all those thoughts kept coming up, but by the fourth day, it was just kind of quiet and it was like, I think you could do it. Like, I think you could go get one shot Hmm. and like, nobody has to know about it. And like I was saying, I really believed that I was going to be in control that like, I knew better now. I, you know, when I first started taking Kratom, I I didn't know anything about it. I had no idea of like how addictive it can be and all this stuff. And I just had so much knowledge now and there was no way that it was going to get me again. And so on autopilot, I was just on my way to the smoke shop, um, going to buy a K shot. So when I was, when I was using extracts, it was mostly the OPMS, um, into my, into that relapse after 11 months, it was all the extracts like oh, wow. i was it was like i mean the next 11 months and i'll get to that but yeah it was all of them so and i had it was opms and, and k shots once in a while What's Um, a k, I, shot? a k shot is an extract shot uh it's like these little they're like orange it I want to say it tastes better than the OPMS. It, it definitely does. Ugh, I honestly can like taste it now and it's so nasty. They're both disgusting. But the K-Shot is like, it's like kind of like clear. It it doesn't have that like heaviness that the OPMS have.
0: Okay, but it's still Kratom?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a K-Shot. It's a, yeah, it's a Kratom shot. It's called a K-Shot. Got it,
0: got it, got it.
1: Um... So I said, I'm just going to go get one K shot. And I calculated it once I was, once I finally like quit again, I don't really call it a quit. It was an ongoing relapse for the next 11 months, even though I was off of it for four months At in those okay. 11 months. So I got off of it. So I go to take that shot. Um, I take about 65 shots over the next three weeks and a week and a half or two weeks into the relapse, I told myself, like, this seems to be getting a little bit out of control. I hide everything until I'm ready to, like, come clean to everybody. I'm a liar. I don't want anybody to know. Yeah, it's, I always, like, I'm always so um, inspired by people who, like, relapse and, like, come clean that day. I'm, like, I don't know. At the two-week mark, I tell myself, like, you know, you're gonna have to tell everyone. I end up Um, using it that next day. So I know I have to tell someone, I don't know how I can't wrap wrap my mind around how I'm going Mm -hmm. to tell this community and my girlfriend that I'm like, didn't make it to a year off kratom. And I'm like back to day one. Um, That same week, uh, I was very much interested and practicing the Wim Hof method. I don't know if you're familiar, it's breath work and cold exposure. So I was actually leading um, like breathwork sessions after my Zoom meetings for Kratom and whoever wanted to stay on, I would like play a recording and we would do breathwork. And so I have been looking for a certified instructor in South Florida. Um, I had been Googling one and long story short, I end up reconnecting with somebody I'd actually met in AA when I first moved to Miami. and. I hadn't seen this person in years. Um, and we decided to link up and catch up. And one of the first things we started talking about was breathwork. And now I'm I'm like two and a half weeks into this Kratom relapse. And um, he's talking to me about breathwork. And I, I asked him if he like has heard of Wim Hof. And he tells me about the Miami Ice Club, which is owned by a certified wim hof instructor and they practice the wim hof method there on a weekly basis and i think i saw him on like a wednesday or a thursday my friend and the next class was on friday so he was like yeah let's go on friday and it was during the breath work that i was overcome with this like profound sense of peace in knowing that the only way that i wasn't going to be okay was if i didn't come clean to everyone um it was really such a beautiful moment because i just i just didn't feel that before you know like i didn't know how i was going to tell all these people and this like this like i i don't know overwhelming sense of clarity that the only way like you're not going to be okay is if, you know, you, you keep this a secret and if, and it just, it just felt right to be able to come clean to everybody. Um, And then I stopped for about four months. It was like three, three months and three weeks or almost four months. And my relationship with my girlfriend at that time was coming to an end. And so it was a very quick, thought i was by a smoke shop that i used to buy kratom from and i knew the relationship was over and i wasn't even like that upset about it it was it was still upsetting because i love this person but like we knew it was over for a while so it was just kind of like we were you know it was it was becoming a for sure thing and i was like i can go take kratom if i want to like Mm -hmm. i don't have to fucking answer to anybody now and I didn't I really once again did not think that it was gonna get me the way that it it got me for the next like that so that was September, October, November, December, January, February, March. yeah, so basically for like the next six months, it was on and off, but mostly mostly on, I would say it was on and off. I'd get, I'd, I have like two weeks off of it. Then I'd get back on it for two weeks. And by the end of it, I was up to like five or six extracts a day. Um, I was, tr- I was honestly trying, I was so depressed and I, it, it had made me so, so miserable, um, that I was really hoping that that amount of extracts was going to kill me. Um, and for a while I had started seeing a therapist. um like a few months before I got sober, uh, for good and sober off of Kratom for good. And, um, she, you know, she was telling me how, how back then I, I like, didn't want to go to rehab or detox. Like I was really resistant to it. And it was because I didn't have to do it the first time around. Yeah. You know the first time around two and a half years of daily kratom use, and I didn't have like yeah it was it was really hard. the withdrawal was hard and it was a struggle, and I kept you know getting a few days and then taking one shot and getting a few days, and then finally, just by some miracle, stringing enough days together to like pee clean and go into a sober living, which isn't you know it's you still like live life, you're not like in a rehab facility locked away um but I I couldn't even string these days together. But I was so resistant, like my mind and my ego and my pride was just like, "Are you kidding?" Like I didn't have to go the first time, and I'm on kratom for such a shorter period of time now. Mm-hmm. Like why would I have to go to detox? What what a waste. Um, by the end of February, um, I was probably saying that to my therapist, like in January, February, end of yeah. February, I am begging my mom, her husband, my brother, I mean, anybody I possibly could to pay the like $4,000 to go to an eight day detox program. Um, I had no way out. Um, I don't think I would have been able to stop. And I think I would have either like ended up killing myself or, you know, kill dying in one way or another. Um, But I did go to that detox. And yeah, it was it was definitely,
0: and that was March of 2022.
1: Yep. I went into detox on the night of March 7th, but it was technically already March 8th. So yeah. Yeah.
0: I've heard from multiple people that have relapsed that this, the, the quits later on were harder and worse and just as you described.
1: I was pretty much mostly in Florida the whole time um except for the beginning of my kratom like my the start of my kratom use was in New York and then I was pretty much in uh, Miami the whole time I spent some time in LA and bought kratom out there but I was mostly in South Florida okay
0: yeah I, I'm in the Midwest and I just this is kind of a sidebar We don't have like Kratom bars or um, Kava bars. Did you ever get involved in that uh, activity?
1: I didn't. No, I was such like an isolated Kratom user.
0: Yeah, same here. I used by myself, it it wasn't a social thing. So um, this time around, what kind of supports did you put in place to maintain your sobriety?
1: You know, Charlie, I don't I don't think it was any type of support. I I never want to feel that sick ever again. Um I have relapsed with alcohol and other drugs um over the last 15 months. Mm-hmm. Um I knew I was really done with kratom when I got super drunk and I have substance induced psychotic disorder, so I literally become somebody different. Um I become a person with like a mental disorder when I drink. not not always, but like that there's a shift that happens and it's it's just no longer me. It's it's like my soul is possessed and it's not me. And when I when I didn't buy Kratom, in that state of mind because Kratom and alcohol always went hand in hand. If I drank, I was going to use Kratom. And if I used Kratom, I drank because Kratom made me feel so shitty. If I was trying not to use Kratom, I used the alcohol to alleviate the withdrawal from the Kratom and vice versa. Um, But when I, when I came out of that, that relapse, it was like a, it was like a 12 day run. Um, And this was only, This wasn't that long. Yeah, that's right. I, you know, I went into rehab. I went into the detox program in uh, March 8th and I relapsed with alcohol like sometime in mid-April. So it really wasn't that much longer after. It's not like I was like away for six months and I was like, okay, but the hell that I went through getting off of Kratom that last time is Is the support that I needed to never put that drug into my body ever again And that's why I tell people like I have close friends who are they'll struggle they're relapsing You know people in my group I get close with them and I literally tell them i'm like I hope that you are in hell on fucking earth going through this I hope it is so damn horrible for you That you never want to feel that way again because that's what that's what did it for me You know It was just, it just got so terrible. And obviously, you know, showing up for my support group and keeping those meetings going and, you know, doing whatever I can to try to help other people, um, definitely helps. So, um, I'm working on a book. Uh, I'm just, I'm writing a book that's going to have a, uh, my story with, with Kratom, you know, uh, from start to finish. And It'll also include some other s- stories. Um, I have people who have submitted their stories to me. And if you know anybody who listens to this wants to share their story, um, it can be as long or as short as you'd like. You can email quittingkratom at gmail and definitely submit your story um, so that it could be in the book as well.
0: How would you describe your life today um, with a uh, 15 months almost uh, kratom-free
1: it's night and day. It is. I dreaded the day on Kratom. You know, I dreaded the sunlight. It stole the light from my life. Literally. Like, I I did not. I, everything felt. Eventually, right? It wasn't always like this. But it got to the point where eventually everything felt like a chore. Everything. just Just getting out of bed felt like a chore. And you know, like looking forward to the sun going down so that it would be dark. Um, I spent a lot of my time sleeping and feeling sick, uh, especially, you know, towards that last run. It was just a daily misery. Um, And today, you know, one of my favorite times of day is the sunrise. I love catching the sunrise. I'm sad when I don't catch it. You know, I'm, waking up early like I'm a morning person 100% I've actually realized I am a morning person but getting up early doesn't come naturally to me like it does for other people even though I love being up and I'm super productive once I'm up so if I like miss the sunrise it I'm upset you know well not upset but I just you know it's something that I really look forward to um and that's just completely different than the type of life I was living when I was on kratom you know I'd go to yeah. bed at like nine, ten p.m. and I'd sleep until 10, which is 12 hours. Some days I was sleeping 15, 18 hours. So, yeah, today my life is really active. You know, I'm in the best shape that I've ever been in. Um, going to the gym was a life changer, as I'm sure everybody who starts going to the gym can agree.
0: Uh, well, I'm going to ask for some advice here. Um, with, with this podcast, I've been worried maybe I've been a little bit too public with my recovery. Um, Do you have any suggestions to about self-care and how to make sure we keep growing and guard, you know, while you're in the public like this and kind of recovering um, out loud, what can we do to, you know, maintain our personal growth and make sure we stay on this path?
1: Well, I don't, I don't know that, I think it just depends on the person. I mean, I'm pretty public with my recovery stuff. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't particularly think that. Um, I think, you know, if you're using your experience, your strength and your hope to try to help other people um, in a, in a positive way. um, I understand that with Kratom, there are some people that are just going to be vile and nasty. And I've actually had people like that who co- who've who come to my meeting and they've told me that they used to be like the pro Kratom people. Um, and it really just goes to show that they're so deep in denial, they can't see it themselves. So when people like that, you know, comment or reach out, I honestly, I, I don't give them much of my energy. If I answer them at all, I put something like, you know, like you can read through some of the comments on the Kratom awareness page, but I'll just be like, like, oh, like I'll respond to whatever they said um, and say like, you know, Kratom is a drug. Like, I'm just going to keep saying that, you know, like I'm not just a super blatant, like I'm going to tell you what it is and you can like choose to believe me or not, or, you know, keep responding, but I'm, (sighs) you, you, the key is to like filter out those people and, and really know that what you're doing is right and not
0: let them get to you. A couple more questions. Um, What is your best advice for someone getting ready to quit?
1: Uh, one of my number one things I think everybody should do is write a, like a breakup letter to Kratom, you know, right. listing all the reasons why they want to be done with that relationship. And just like, just like you would write a breakup letter, you know, um, just kind of, cutting those ties and showing yourself, you know, um, why it is you're doing what you're doing. Um, I would go to meetings every single day. People make a lot of excuses and, um, you don't know how many people I've had in my community who are struggling and they're reaching out. I don't know what to do, but I never see them at a meeting. They're, oh, I'm, oh, I'm doing this. I'm, it's, it's about making your recovery a priority and that's, that's all it is at the end of the day, you know, how much effort are you going to put into your recovery? So, um, yeah, I think that's a good start.
0: Are you involved in, um, any self-help groups outside the, the Kratom specific meetings?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I've been, I've been a member of AA since 2017, 2000, yeah, 16, okay. 17. Mm-hmm
0: have you found a space at AA to talk about kratom or do you just kind of talk about um your drugs in general you know
1: um when i there was definitely a period of time where when i was really struggling with kratom um i mentioned kratom in every single share and um, when i was chairing um a meeting weekly i also talked about kratom so i i try to talk about kratom as much as i can um I don't care what kind of a meeting is, what their rules are. Um, I used to sit in AA and raise my hand and count my days while I was taking Kratom in the bathroom. So if there's someone like that sitting in the in the meeting and they hear me and I, you know, I'm a voice for them to recognize that what they're doing isn't okay, like I will take that chance every time um that's not to say like a lot of people don't know what kratom is maybe in south florida they do a little bit more because it's so much everywhere and there are these kava kratom bars all over the place so maybe people in meetings here like know about it a little bit more than other places but still for the most part a lot of people i talk to about kratom don't know what it is so yeah i try to spread as much awareness as i can
0: The others people that do cold Turkey. And then there's people that are, that are tapers. You know, I'm, I'm a cold Turkey kind of person. Um, what, what is, what do you do? And, um, and do you have any recommendations uh, around what's the best way? I mean, it it is a personal choice, but
1: yeah. So for me, I could have never tapered. Um, I simply could absolutely never taper. If, if I'm the type of person who told myself every day for the last year that it was gonna be my last day. That means if I told myself I was gonna taper and it was sitting in my counter and I ended up, you know, buying the case of OPMS, and if I bought, I actually, for some reason, after I quit, I looked up how much a box of the OPMS would cost if I bought the whole box, because I was always buying them individually. And they would come out to like 12, 13 dollars a shot, which is significantly less than yes. you know 20, 25 sometimes a shot. I mean, it's a big difference. I would have spent just as much money on Kratom if I had bought those boxes. I would have spent the same amount of money that I did buying the individual ones, and I would have just taken probably double or triple the Kratom. So I just, that's the kind of, addict, I know there's people who can taper successfully, maybe under the right circumstances. Like if I had a really supportive partner and, but again, I'm a liar. So I, yeah. I, I really don't think so. Like I, when I'm in active addiction, I am a liar, you know? So if I'm using and I want to take a little bit more, I'm going to justify it. And I'm not going to tell you, you know? So Um, So for me, I personally could never, um, I also think that tapering kind of just like prolongs the withdrawal process because when I quit that first time around and I was constantly like, I got four days and then I took a shot. If I had just, and I did that for like three weeks, if I had just not taken a shot and made it to day five and day seven, by day 10, I would have felt better. But for the next three weeks, I felt like, perpetual withdrawal because I just kept taking enough to keep me in withdrawal, which obviously I wasn't, you know, in my addict mind. That's not what I was thinking back then. But that's what it did. It kept me in yeah. in withdrawal longer than I needed to be. Um so I personally think that everyone's better off just, you know, biting the bullet and getting through it.
0: I let school thought it the the I had the same thing. I looked up buying them by the case um, and I, I bought a different product. There were honey packs and then there were like 12 in them and that it was a much less kratom in them, but I went through them very quick when I had 12 of them. Yeah, um,
1: yeah,
0: Drove a little bit farther. I could get them at a better deal. You know, it was only like five or 10 minutes, but once I started when I was high, I just went to the one that was really close, even though it cost. a shot where, but if I drove a little bit farther, I could get two for 30, you know, that's
1: how insane
0: the, um, the
1: the, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to, you know, come on here again and like, we can get into some of my stories about like the things, the specific things that I did, you know, to, to get Kratom and the insanity that I lived in. So
0: Oh yeah. A couple more questions. Um, this is more of a fun one. Uh, do you have a go-to song when you're having a bad day?
1: Um, not, not really a go-to song. I would need to take a look at my playlist. Okay. Um, I like songs that have positive lyrics, you know, um, like there's a song called grateful. Um, just, just, yeah. Songs that have positive, dialogue because a lot of the stuff that we listen to can be like sad or depressing and it, and it goes into our psyche and, you know, could stay with us. Whereas something else might be more uplifting. So I definitely just try to listen to, to more uplifting type songs.
0: Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap things up?
1: (sighs) Um, no, I think, uh, i just want to you know wish everybody out there who may be struggling with kratom um to let them know that they're not alone and that there is support out there um charlie has a meeting on thursday evenings um i have a meeting every wednesday evening at 8 p.m eastern standard time and saturday morning at 10 a and uh you're just you're not alone and and you can get through this because if if i could get through the hell that i went through i i'm convinced anybody can get through this
0: honor i i've printed some 3d um coins and to send my the very first one year kratom uh, free coin can i send it to you oh my
1: god of course you're so sweet charlie i would love that nobody's gotten that for me i would love that
0: all right thank you what an honor Now for Kratom in the news. This week, Forbes Health published an article, What is Kratom? Uses, Side Effects, and More. I found it refreshing as it was not just a love letter to the substance, and it clearly outlined the risks and dangers. The piece could use some edits. It ended suggesting all Kratom users, quote, get treatment very soon, unquote. That's like saying all alcohol drinkers should go to AA. Otherwise, I welcome a mainstream publication increasing the public's awareness about the dangers of Kratom. I also want to say it was very brave of Jess to talk so openly about spending so much money on Kratom over a couple of years. She's not alone. I've heard many stories of people spending tens of thousands of dollars on Kratom in short amounts of time. I'm still in shock. Personally, I spent nearly 3000 on it in just 10 weeks earlier this year. This is an area where the Kratom industry has a major conflict of interest. If they embraced the truth that Kratom is addictive and they took steps to ethically self-regulate their products, that would result in a big dent in sales. These extracts like OPMS or feel free, where people spend so much on them at some level, this is a predatory business practice. To illustrate in the study, how dependent is the alcohol industry on heavy drinking in England? which was an article published in Addiction in 2018, the researchers found that, quote, the heaviest drinking 4% of the population account for 30% of all consumption and 23% of all industry income, unquote, in the UK. Let me say that again. Just 4% of English alcoholics generate nearly a quarter of boost sales revenue. I believe there are similar dynamics in the Kratom industry in the U.S. Problematic Kratom users generate large profits for corporations selling extracts. At the very same time, they market and promote these products as non-addictive. It seems a little sketchy to me. And don't bother sending in comments about how Kratom powder costs less than a dollar a day if you buy it by the kilo. It is not a very clever thing to say, and it proves nothing. In fact, it is like telling a family member who has alcoholism, that if they go to Costco, they can buy a case of beer at a great price, and it will last all month. Resource of the Week. If you'd like to get in touch with Jess for more information about the Zoom meetings or the WhatsApp group, or to contribute to her book, please contact her at quitting kratom at gmail.com just talked about the wim hof method i'm learning more about this breathing practice myself but i've seen many others suggest it for being helpful when kicking kratom the wim hof method is a combo of specific breathing techniques cold exposure and meditation developed by dutch extreme athlete wim hof also known as the ice man it aims to improve physical and mental well-being increase energy levels, and strengthen the immune system. The technique involves deep breathing and rhythm. These exercises are followed by periods of holding the breath, gradually exposing oneself to cold temps, and practicing meditation. The method stems from a belief that consciously controlling the body's physiological responses, individuals can achieve better health and performance. How can the Wim Hof Method be helpful in quitting Kratom? One, the breathing exercises can help regulate the nervous system, reducing anxiety and stress, which many of us feel while we are detoxing. Additionally, the method promotes mindfulness and mental focus, which can assist in overcoming cravings and staying committed to quitting. Cold exposure can stimulate the release of endorphins and promote feelings of well being, helping to counteract the discomfort and low mood we experience when withdrawing from kratom. To date, all I have been able to personally muster is running a hot bath, but taking a long cold shower before getting into the hot tub. Early on, this was one of the few things that gave me relief. I will put links about Wim Hof and the news discussed earlier in the show notes. That's it for this week. To celebrate a Kratom anniversary, or if you want to share something for a future episode, please leave a voicemail at 313-437-7720 or send an email or audio file to kratomsobriety at gmail.com. We are also at Kratom Sobriety on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Until next week, keep it Kratom free.